Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me for another Wednesday night Bible study, prayer session. We're going to have communion. We're going to have a great time tonight. And I thank you so much for investing your time to join me right here on the live stream. Now, those of you that are joining us for the live stream, make sure you chat in your prayer request. We actually have prayer warriors standing by right now that are ready and willing to pray with you at this very moment. So make sure that you do that. If you're watching this after the live stream, make sure you go to our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org, and let us pray with you. I'm so very excited. Thank God for our prayer warriors that are here that are going to pray with you about whatever is concerning your life tonight. But first, let's go into a word of prayer, and then we'll dive into the word of the Lord, and then we'll have communion, okay? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight in the mighty name of Jesus for this time that you've given us to gather around your rich word. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us tonight by your spirit and that you would lead us into all truth and show us things to come. Lord, we're just, we're just expecting you, Lord, to teach and to minister to everyone. Lord, in this dry and barren land that we're living in right now, it's good to know that you are our oasis. You are our shelter in time of storm. And Lord, we do, as we, we pray right now, just as we're beginning Bible study and everything, Lord, I wanna pray for your beloved that is right now listening and watching, those that are going through an exceedingly troubling time at this very moment. Some are going through uh, periods of sickness, their loved ones are sick. Some are in the hospital and some are really bad. And Lord, we just pray right now in Jesus' mighty name, we just claim their healing. We just declare by the stripes of Jesus that they are healed. Father, we ask that you would reach down and that you would touch them. And Lord, you said that, you, that, you said that the believers shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. So Lord, we pray even as the believers lay hands and touch this individual, if there's no one there, then Lord, we touch them by way of media right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask that you would just heal and deliver them. We declare your word as written in the book of Isaiah 53rd chapter, that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. So Lord, we just claim healing for your beloved even right now. Lord, we rebuke the spirit of depression, worry, anxiety. And Lord, we ask that, the, that you would just encourage them and inspire them and give them a fresh fire, a fresh fire. And Lord, I pray that you give them a second win. And Lord, I pray that tonight would be their night of breakthrough and miracles. Right at this very moment, breakthrough and miracles. We thank you for all things, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, glory to God. We're praying with you tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining me. I really do appreciate you. Tonight, we're going to maybe begin a new series here on Wednesday night, talking about growing up. We're going to be doing a little bit more of that also on Sunday, talking from the subject Sunday of where is the real church? Make sure that you join us this Sunday at 10 a.m. online I believe you're going to be really blessed. But we're going to go ahead and tonight and continue to talk about growing up. Growing up in the faith that was delivered unto us. 
So we're going to start in the book of Ephesians. So grab your Bible, uh, grab your your tablet, your pad, whatever you have. We're going to read the word of God together. And this and in this way, we're going to grow thereby. We're going to grow. You know, one of the most important things we can do is partake of the word of God. We're going to eat the flesh of Jesus. We're going to eat his flesh drink his blood. His flesh talks about, of course, his strength uh, and the things that he has accomplished for us with his body, his sacrifice. We're going to dive into the sacrifice of Jesus Christ because he is a sacrificial lamb that has taken away all of our sins. And his blood speaks about our redemption, our righteousness. And we have, we are made righteous in God's sight because of what Jesus has done for us with his blood. He has washed us in his own blood and made us holy and acceptable before the Father. You know, one man once asked me, uh, or I've heard the conversation, uh, the man said, you know, over here in the conversation, uh, the man said, uh, why would I give my life to Jesus? Oh, and there are so many other religions in the world why, why would I, why, what makes Christianity so great? Why can't I just be like I am and just try to love everybody? All right, well, let's take that thought just for a moment before we get into the word of God, because that is such a valid question. Why is Christianity, why is Jesus worth worshiping? Why is the Bible worth listening to? What did Jesus do to make you want to become a believer? Someone said, well, I'm a believer. I, I gave Jesus my heart because he loves me and I love him. Well, that's wonderful. But in pressing times, you're going to need to know a little bit more than that when you're pressed and you're pulled. So let's go back to that man's question. He said, why is Christianity better than all the others? You know, well, that's, of course, a loaded question. Um, that is assuming that when the man's talking about better, are you talking about better as in giving you eternal life or better as in giving you, um, helping you thrive in this time and giving you hope in this time right now? What, what do you mean better? You know, there are some religions that just focus on sexual things um, and, you know, and doing things that, you know, pagan rituals and, and all of that. So is Christ better than the pagan rituals? Well, is that if that's what you want, you want to do all that? Well, then Jesus is not the ticket for you, my friend. But let, let me just let me just back up. Why did I choose Jesus? Why should you choose Jesus? Because let me tell you this. When you stand before God, you have a choice. You can stand before God in your own righteousness. The Bible says, which is as a filthy rag, or you can stand before God in the righteousness that he provided through Jesus Christ. I love the Lord with all my heart. Yes, I do. And but that is only the first part of this. I'm I'm a Christian. I'm a believer because I believe in the finished work of Jesus upon that cross. I believe that he is my sacrifice, that he is the sacrifice that God sent into the world to take away our sins. Going back to standing before the presence of God. Some people will stand in the presence of God after they die, and they will be depending on their works uh, to make them right before God. They say, well, I tried to help everybody. I tried not to, uh, tried not to hurt anybody. I tried to, I give them a shirt off my back. I try to love this person and love that person. I try to treat everybody fairly. What are they saying? They're saying, God, you should accept me on the basis of what I have done. You should accept me because of what 
I have done. You know, that's not going to cut it. Still, some say, well, uh, I've done wrong in my life. I've done a lot of wrong. Yes, I have. But I've done some good things, too. And and shouldn't they balance out? Shouldn't they balance out? Shouldn't the good I've done uh, balance out with the negative that I've done? I've done. Surely God will accept that. Well, if you're talking about things balancing out, when things balance out, don't don't they go to a zero? (laughs) You know, if you live your whole life trying to balance the scales, That gives you zero to stand before the presence of God. Is that good enough to go before the king, to go before the God of all things, the creator of all things? Absolutely not. Your righteousness, my righteousness, the good things I do, the good things you've done is not going to be good enough in the presence of a holy God, of the holy God. We're going to need his righteous standard and God's standards are high or high. See, here's the thing that man does. My goodness, let's go here just for a moment. Here's the thing that man does. Man tries to compare his goodness with other men. I'm not like him. I'm not like her. I'm better than him. At least I'm not of this. At least I'm not of that. At least I don't do this and I don't do that because, you know, this is why, God, you ought to accept me because I'm not like them. No, man is not the standard. Now, I hear people say, well, you know, I'm trying to be my personal best. I'm trying to be the best that I can be. And surely God will accept me and he'll accept my best because this is the best that I can do. So he should accept me. Does is are you the standard? You know, are you the standard that God should accept? Is your life? No, man is not the standard. You are not the the standard. Jesus is the standard of righteousness and holiness. That is what God's looking for. He's looking for the perfection that comes from Christ alone. Well, how do I get that? By believing in him, by receiving him as your Lord and as your Savior, by believing on him. When you do that, Jesus takes your sins away. As a matter of fact, as an innocent man, the sacrifice is innocent. The innocent Jesus became guilty. He took on our guilt so that we, the guilty, would be seen as innocent in the presence of God. The Bible says again in Isaiah 53, that the Father laid upon Jesus the iniquity of us all. Your sin, my sin, fell upon Jesus. And upon that cross, God dealt with our sin. He punished our sin. As Jesus, the Bible says, uh, became sin for us. He became the sin offering for us. He took our sins away. So therefore, when I stand in the presence of God, I don't have to worry about how good I have been or the good that I have done or the bad that I have done. It's not even in question because I've received Jesus and I now stand in his righteousness, his righteousness, his righteousness. And I love the picture of that in the Old Testament. Uh, just like uh, when Jacob gave to his son Joseph the coat of many colors, that meant favor, the favor, the favor of the father was upon Joseph. Don't you know God's favor is upon you when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? The favor of God, you are draped, you are clothed in the favor of God. So when God looks at you, he sees the sacrifice as of his son. He sees you through the blood of Jesus. That means you're always righteous in his sight. You're favored in his sight. You're good with God and he's no longer mad at you because you've received the righteousness that he provided 
through Jesus Christ. So that's awesome. So do I love the Lord? Absolutely. And why am I serving him? Because he's the only one that has taken my sins away. He's the only one that when I stand before God, I'm not standing in what I've done, but I'm standing in what he has done. And as a result of that, now that I'm born again, now that we are saved, we don't just stay. We don't just stop at that point. We go on to perfection. We have to grow up. Now, we'll see this uh, further on. It is a misnomer in many places today. They say, well, the purpose you know, of church or once you give, give your life to the Lord, now you're on easy street. Come on. Now, you know, that's not right. Once you give your life to the Lord, you say, I, give, I gave my life to the Lord. Now it's up to me. I'm going to go to church and now I'm going to try my best to be a good person. No, you're missing it all together, all together. You say, well, I'm saved now and I, now I'm just waiting to die so I can go to heaven. We're missing it all together. There is an inheritance that is laid up for us, not only in the sweet by and by, but also here right now. God has laid up an inheritance. He has laid up provision for you and I at this very moment. He's called us to be overcomers right this very, at this very moment. He's called us to release heaven in the earth right at this very moment. He's called us to be examples and not only to represent Jesus, but to represent him to the world. Glory to God. There's so much more to this life than waiting to die and go to heaven. There's so much more to this life than simply coming to church week in and week out and then going back home and living like the devil. There's so much more to this life than being a public success. Everybody thinks, oh, you're great, but being a private failure, still watching uh, pornography or still gossiping or still lying or, you know, all these things that we still do under the cover, secret sin. You know, no, Jesus gave you victory over those secret sins. He gave you victory over all those things. Now, listen, it's just you and I talking here. So let's just let's just be honest. Amen. Let's just be honest. It's time for you to experience victory on every side. You're not a pushover. God didn't call you to be a pushover. He called you to be an overcomer. He called you to push over instead of being a pushover. You're not the devil's doormat. Hallelujah. When you get an evil report of sickness, you don't have to receive it. You can declare what God said. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. We've been talking tonight about growing up, growing up. And there's so much more to this life being a believer than just sitting around week in and week out waiting to die or hoping something good is going to happen to me or hoping nothing bad is going to happen to me. No, no, no. Listen. Being a believer means, again, being an overcomer. You are an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. You are an overcomer. Say that with me. I am an overcomer. I'm, I think the Lord's trying to say or saying tonight, I believe in my heart, he's saying to tell you that you are not a victim. How long have we had a victim mentality? Victim. Oh, something bad is always happening to me. When can I ever get a break? You are not a victim. You are an overcomer. Don't you know that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of God? Jesus has overcome. So you will overcome. The Lord says, be of good cheer. 
I have overcome the world. Why should we be of a good cheer? Because he has overcome. That means that you will overcome. You are an overcomer and you are not a victim of circumstance. You can speak to the wind. You can speak to that mountain. The Lord said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things that he says shall come to pass. He will have whatsoever he says in Mark 11. Listen, you don't have to be overcome by mountains and problems. You can overcome them because God has given you an inheritance. He's given you an inheritance. He's given you one of the things that he's given you uh, as an inheritance is the name of Jesus. He's given this name to you. He's given you his authority. He's given you his blood. Oh my goodness. He's given you his spirit. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about inheritance. We're going to talk about growing up because there's so much more to this life and you are an overcomer. So I pray that we're starting on a road tonight to cause you to be an overcomer, that you can wake up, that we can all wake up to the true potential that God has placed on the end side of us. The Bible says again, greater is he who's within us than he that is in the world. And God causes us to rise and become true sons and daughters of God. The Bible says that those who believe him to them, those who believe in Jesus to them, gave he the power to become sons of God or children of God. My goodness, there's so much more to this life than just Get up, getting up every morning and going to work, coming back home, get a little to eat, a little bit to eat, watch TV and go to bed and go all the way around Sunday morning, go to church or and then come back home and, and get defeated every week. Let me tell you, your life should be full of excitement. I mean, the good, a good kind of how the Lord has delivered you in so many ways. Your testimony is valid and it is powerful. My goodness. And it's time for us to stop seeing ourselves as small and insignificant. You're not a grasshopper, but you're actually mighty in God. You're mighty in him. You are mighty in him. We got to overcome the lies of the adversary and become mature in the faith. Oh, my goodness. My time is going tonight. My goodness. I pray you're getting something out of this tonight. Let's go finally to the book of Ephesians. We're going to go to Ephesians, Ephesians, the fourth chapter, Ephesians four. And we're going to do a little bit of reading. This talks about the Lord Jesus after he was resurrected and what happened there. And he gave gifts. Let's talk about it. But there's one particular verse that I want us to really zoom in on tonight. And this may be all that we'll get to tonight, but let's look at it anyway. Uh, Ephesians 4, verse 10 through 16 says, He that descended is the same also that ascended far above all things. I'm reading out of the King James Version. Are you ready? So again, Ephesians 4, verse number 10. You can pause this if you need to, but make sure you get your Bible, your tablet, phone, whatever you got to do, and read along with me, okay? All right, so it says, Ephesians 4, verse 10. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens. I just love that. We can go all day with that one. Jesus ascended. He went up far above all heavens. All heavens. You know, that's the first heaven. 
That is the atmosphere, second heaven, that is outer space, third heaven, the very heaven of heavens, the throne room of God, you know, the actual heaven where God's throne is, where Jesus ascended up above, far above. It says far above, doesn't it? Far above all heavens. This is so powerful. He ascended far above all heavens. Why? That he might feel all things, that he may have the preeminence of all things. His name has power. The Father gave Jesus a name that is above all names. And don't you know, even here in this natural world, if you think about a, a courtroom or think about a, uh, some sort of a king's throne room, the one that sits the highest has the authority. Think about the House of Representatives or, or the Senate. The one that sits the highest in the room has the supreme authority. Well, Jesus ascended far, it says far above. I'm not sure how far is far, but the Bible says far, so it's going to have to be far. Jesus ascended far above all heavens. My goodness, that he may feel, that he might feel all things, that he may have the preeminence that no name, no power would ever be above his name. My goodness, that no name, no power, no authority would ever be above his name. The father raised him up and gave him that name that is above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that he is Lord to the glory of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Oh, my Jesus. Oh, this is wonderful. Mm, this is verse number 10. My goodness. <laughs> Let's try to go a little bit further. Again, he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might feel all things. Verse number 11. And he, that person, Jesus, that person, that one that has all power and authority, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now, some people say, well, uh, are there, is there such a thing as apostles and prophets anymore? Is there, is there such a thing? Well, sure there are. Absolutely. Just like there's such a thing as pastors and teachers and evangelists. That what we call the fivefold ministry is still in session. And it will be in session until, we're going to look at this until, yeah, until in just a few moments. So stay with me. I love this. He says, and he gave the one who has all power gave some apostles and prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? Why did he do this? For the perfecting of the saints. The word perfecting there means equipping. For the perfecting or equipping of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. And we're going to look more about that on this Sunday. So you make sure you hear and uh, watch the message real or where is the real church? Make sure you watch that. I'm going to go on now. Uh, verse 13 says, let me go back to verse 12. It says, for the perfecting of the saints, this is why he gave these gifts, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, 13, till. I love that word till. That word till means until. Until. These gifts are in activation until this. I wonder what is after this, right? He says, these gifts are in activation till 
teal. So you say, well, there are no such things as apostles anymore. They're all died out. They're prophets, they're all died out. Evangelists, pastors, teachers, they're all died out. There's no such thing that, no, no. The Bible says that these gifts are in activation, teal. All right, so let's see what's happening here. Verse number 13. Did you already read it? I bet you did, didn't you? Verse 13, verse 13 says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Has that happened? No, not yet. Till we all come in unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Right now it says, now there's a, there's a conjunction that's going on here. It says, till we all come in. In what? Till we all come what? Till we all arrive do we all arrive in, number one, the unity of the faith? Do we all have a unified faith? We all see Jesus as he is. Hallelujah. How many denominations are there? I don't know. But the Holy Ghost is going to unify us. We're going to be unified around one name, Jesus. Hallelujah. He says, these gifts will be in operation until, or we can say church is until we, have, we arrive at a unified faith. Until we arrive at the knowledge of the Son of God, when we see Jesus for who he is and we have full understanding of him, or at least a, an understanding of him, it may take eternity, all through our eternity, before, before we have a full understanding of him. But there is a certain measure that we can have right here, right now. So church is until, number one, until we have that unified faith, until we also come in the, to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man. All that produces unity of the faith. We all coming together. We have the knowledge of Jesus. And that calls us to arrive into a perfect man or perfect or mature church, a mature person, right? And that leads us into unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So going back, every, all this is leading to the, uh, the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, edifying of the body of Christ, the unity of the faith, uh, the knowledge of the Son of, Son of God, being mature, being mature. All that leads us to be uh, un, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. All of this leads us to becoming like Jesus, to become to walking in the fullness of Christ. When? After we die, well, that's great. But if I can walk in the fullness of Christ, wouldn't you want to walk in the fullness of Christ now, especially around some of your relatives? Wouldn't you want them to see Jesus, the fullness of Christ revealed in you right now? You know, a friend of mine, and we're going to have to close in just a minute. A friend of mine was telling me about Eggleston or one of those children's hospitals. And he'd gone in there to visit someone and just tears began to, to flow down his face as he began to think about the horrible things that were happening there, the sick, the sick children, and some were dying of cancer and, and some that were dying that day. My God, I believe that Jesus is going to cause us to walk in his fullness in this time. And you and I will be able to go into those hospitals and empty those hospitals out. Glory to God as we walk in the fullness of Christ. As we walk down Skid Row and, and give people hope and they're restored. As we, I love the way even the Lord Jesus interrupted uh, some um, funeral processions and he raised a young man up. I'm telling you, and gave the young boy back to his mother. 
My goodness. As we walk in the fullness of Christ, this is what church really does. This is what happens when we grow up into him. You should be having supernatural experiences because your father is a supernatural God and he loves you and he wants to work through you. But listen, our goal as a born again believer is not just simply to get to heaven or not just simply to come to church and and. Uh, just say, sing Christian songs and watch Christian movies and try not to hurt anybody. Try to be good to everybody and wait for Jesus to come back. We're missing it. Absolutely missing it. The rapture is wonderful. Going to heaven is wonderful. But between that time, between this time right now, the time you're watching this or listening to this and the time that you're called home to be with the Lord, we are to be overcomers, victors. Winning the victor's crown and not living life as a victim. My goodness. Let's read a little bit further. I'm going to close out tonight. All right. Uh, verse 14. It says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. This is verse 15. May grow up. In grow up, uh, start, start again, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is ahead, even Christ. Let's stop right there for tonight. We have to grow up into Christ. Remember, Jesus is our standard. Your pastor is not the standard of holiness and righteousness. No, no apostle, no prophet, no evangelist, no teacher. I don't care how holy you think they are. They're not the standard. Jesus is the standard. Why would you lower your standards like that? I appreciate people saying, you know, I want to be like so and so. I want to be. No, no, no. I want to be like Jesus. He is the standard. He's the standard of a living. It's not a man. Don't lower your standards like that. Not even a woman. Don't lower your standards. Jesus is the standard. We want to be like him. Amen. Now, I want to be like what Paul said. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, Paul said, I'm not standard. I haven't arrived. I haven't attained. I haven't attained. No, no, no. I'm still pressing. Now, I can follow somebody that's pressing toward him. Hallelujah. I can follow somebody that's following him. Glory to God. They're going to help me get closer to him because we all need, we all going to need somebody. Somebody. That's why the Lord called his disciples to go by two by two. You're going to need somebody. Somebody to pray with you, somebody to, to talk to. Glory to God. That's why the Lord has us all together in a community, community that is called church. Glory to God. Well, that's all the time we have for Bible study tonight, but we're going to go ahead and have communion as we're eating the flesh of the Lord and, and partaking of his blood in, this, in, the, in our communion tonight. His body represents strength and, and it represents also the word of God. Uh, the Bible declares that Jesus was in the beginning with God and the word was God and, and the word became flesh and he dwelt among us, right? So this flesh, Jesus said the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread and said, take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This is this flesh, this is the word of God given for you and I, his strength. He is our sacrifice and this bread, his body also represents healing or is healing for us. So let's do this in remembrance of Jesus. So we say, Father, thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you for the body of Jesus that was broken for us. Thank you 
for the wounds that were inflicted upon his body for our healing. We receive what Jesus has done for us. And Lord, we receive our miracle tonight. We receive your strength, your body broken for us. We do this in remembrance of you. And as we do this, Lord, we partake of your word, believing in what you said. In Jesus' name, we eat all of it. Now, the same manner, same night in which, in which he was betrayed, after supper or after supper, he took also the cup and said that this is a New Testament that is in this cup, new the New Testament in his blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins, for the taking away of sins. Not only just forgiven, but taken away of sins. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And a part of this new covenant this New Testament that's in his blood, the Father said that he would remember our sins no more. So this blood represents righteousness and healing and deliverance. And, and when, we, when we partake of his blood, we remember the price that he paid for us. We remembered how he washed our sins away and he made us right before the Father. So we say, Father, in Jesus' name, we remember what Jesus has done for us. Thank you for washing our sins away in your precious blood. Thank you, Lord, that you have made us overcomers. In Jesus' name, we drink all of it. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we do show the Lord's death until he comes, his death, his burial, his resurrection. And all that says how much God is willing, how far God is willing to go for you, how much he loves you beyond belief. The communion represents really the love of God, how much he loves you and the price he's willing, he was willing to pay for your eternal redemption, for your freedom to be with him. He loves you so much. So tonight we're going to conclude. And remember, if you have a prayer request, I pray that you were able to type in your prayer request in the chat. If you are, if you were, our prayer partners have already answered you and we're going to continue to be praying for you. If you want to go to our website, if this is after uh, this, the live stream, or if you want to do it anyway now, you can go to our, our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org. Click on the contact button and type in your prayer request there. We would love to hear from you, especially where you're from, whether you're here in the States or overseas, wherever you live, it's going to be a blessing to us just to know that, just to know that you're there. All right. Don't forget to join us on Thursday night, tomorrow night, uh, for more programming. And Friday, um, we have even more. And then, of course, on Sunday, uh, make sure you're here at 10 a.m. to hear that message entitled uh, that we're going to preach that, that, uh, that will be entitled, Where is the Church? Where is the real church? I believe it's really going to bless you. We're starting that series on Sunday morning. All right, so I think that's it for tonight. Thank you so much for joining us, and I pray that you are really blessed. Until next time, remember, Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. I'll see you on the next time. All right? All right, bye-bye.